Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. I'm Corey. That's Tanner and Coach Tony Ursland joining us as always. Uh, guys, we're, we're really going to well, we're gonna go quite a bit shorter than we did last week when we clocked in at just <laughs> under an hour. But I think it was the best show we've done in a long time. So great to a lot of well worth it. So great to hear well from those it. guys and, uh, and 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 the like. Um, we'll talk a little bit about uh, a little bit of fun stuff when it comes to the recruiting content. We'll get to that at the end of the show. But let's just dig right in. We closed out last week talking about uh, uh, the competition in Omaha, the competitions in Omaha. Uh, it was a it was a nice week for some boilermakers, Tony, and and you know, you being you, I'm sure there were you know uh, some some fleas and some warts that that were very apparent that that you can't never satisfied. You can't He's never see, satisfied, you guys. Unsee, yeah, True. No doubt. Never True. satisfied, but but still, you know, uh, some good results. We'll talk about those, but general takeaways from from the competition. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, just excited for the guys because we got to wrestle, right? I mean, you just always want to be thankful about the opportunity to compete, and in this year of these strange ups and downs, and you know where, where we're at now, kind of even with uh, numbers rising, and you know, it's just it's still 2020. But really thankful that these guys got a chance to go go uh, go test themselves and compete and see where they're at. And so, like you said, you know, there's always things that we want to do better. But man, I, I have no doubt that their opportunity to compete will help them as we move forward. And so that's the part that I'm just really excited about for them. Um, you know, getting into, I, you know, we'll obviously get into some more of the specific guys here as we uh, as we move along, but. Um, sent 10 guys, four guys ended up on the podium, uh, three at U23, one at juniors. Um, you know, talk about, and, and we did this in the fact, like, you know, this was a freestyle event. Um, because of the uncertainty of everything going on, we weren't necessarily tra training exclusively freestyle. So there was, there was some of that wrinkle to it. But, um, you know, how did you feel about just the overall performance of the group and, you know, guys achieving and, and, uh, and, and they're, they're kind of win-loss totals? Well, I think, you know, results-wise, there were some really good results. And, and in terms of performance, right, I mean, that equals wins quite often. Um, not always, but it does. Um, you know, as we go through it, you know, Thomas Panola looks, looked really, really strong. You know, uh, coming down from heavyweight, 297, you, you want to kind of see, well, actually he's 92 kilo, but you know, it's the weight class. He's a lot of the guys, he's going to see it at 197 pounds. It just how he looked competing uh, and kind of uh, the evolution of, of uh, his skill sets. He, we saw uh, him try a few new things that we've been working on. So that was good to see. He's taking the practice room into his matches and, and had, you know, a couple wins over what guys were, you know, named all Americans in the past. And those are guys he's going to see, you know, again, this at the NCAA tournament. So I feel really good about where he's at. Clearly, you know, being fourth, we've still got things to work on. You know, he had the same loss to the same guy twice. And although he made a few adjustments, you know, there's some more adjustments to be made and where he kind of was short and why he was short. So, but, but hey, he left it all out there and showed, you know, he's bringing some of the practice room to his competition, you know, at, at a different weight class, albeit, right? Yeah, um, let's uh, let's stay on Thomas for a minute there, just because you, you brought him up. And, yeah. um, you know, he's a guy, like you said, he spent last year at heavyweight. He, uh, he made a team sacrifice. Bruner came back to the lineup. Thomas bumped up to heavyweight. And, um, you know, the reality for Tom was is he had to really adjust his style to, to compete effectively at heavyweight. You know, it took him 
it took him probably four, five, six matches of, of taking some lumps against some guys uh, before he kind of settled in there. And now he's got to throw some of that out and kind of like hit the reset button. Um, what about that? Do you feel like, do you feel like there were some, do you feel like there were any ill effects of, of moving up last year that he's trying to shake? Um, because, you know, he's an unknown at 97. These sure. guys, you know, he's unranked across the board. Um, but, but we know he's got some pretty good pedigree and he was able to show that off this weekend. Yeah, no, I, I don't look at it as any ill effects. I mean, okay, uh, one negative, if you want to call it a negative, it's just tactically how you wrestle heavies. You're not going underneath, you know, as much, right? Your attack rate's a little, looks a little different at heavy uh, sometimes than it does at these other weight classes. And so, yes, we've talked with him about keeping his attack rate at a higher pace. You know, when he was an undersized heavy, he's not going underneath nearly as much or, or attacking maybe quite as often. So there's been an emphasis in making sure that we keep that attack rate higher. But I honestly feel like quite the opposite in terms of what that's done for him because he had to get big and strong to fill in. So he went, you know, several months last year without cutting weight. He added on a lot of lean mass. And even now as he's kind of cut down, it's just been taking the fat off his body and he looks really good at the weight. You know, I mean, he's a very strong physical kid for the weight. And that, you know, part of that's because last year he got to really take a, you know, an opportunity to get big and strong. And he's retained that lean mass because, you know, he's not lazy with his diet. He's brought it down the right way. He's made weight the right way. So he looks really, he looks really good. And then the other part, and we've talked about this sometimes, is, you know, he's battle tested. He's been in a lot of tough battles, a lot of tight matches. He's learned how to fight his tail off mm -hmm. and find ways to win close matches. So, man, I, I think, you know, you've got a kid who's been in the battles and is, is better physically prepared. And, and as I mentioned before, you know, even technically now we're seeing some more skill sets, you know, that we've been working on kind of make its way into competition. So I, I, to me, it's, it's, it's been win-win, you know. I got to think right now the, the belief is, is there with him. Like you said, you know, he's battle tested. He's been in the wars. He knows, he knows that he can go toe to toe with anybody. Yeah, no doubt. And he should, you know, and I, and I tell, you know, we, we've got some exceptional, you know, uh, exceptionally hard workers on our team and they sacrifice in all ways, diet, sleep, you know, training technique. And, and Tom, you know, Thomas is one of those guys. So I tell him all the time, like, there should be nobody more confident than you going out there. But what I do also like about him, he's a very unassuming kid. You know, I mean, there's, there's no ego or anything that comes along with that. He's just a very coachable kid. He's always trying to find ways to be better. And so, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's the guy, to, guy you want to work with. I, uh, before we move on from Tom, say, I, I remember back in 20, God, they're all running together, 2018 when Bruno went to Worlds, <laughs> right, World Team competition. Thomas was one of the guys he sing, sing, uh, uh, singled out as, you know, making that sacrifice in the, in the run-up to be a freestyle training partner. You know, Thomas is true mm -hmm. freshman year, I think. And, was, you know, he was, he was red-shirting or, or however that worked out. But, but uh, so him, him having success in the freestyle mat shouldn't be a surprise to, to anybody, given his work rate, obviously, his, his habits. And, and, you know, he's got years of experience. Uh, I know Bruno really appreciated that. And, and made a point yep. to tell anybody who would listen back then. Absolutely. And, you know, they made each other better. I have mm -hmm. no doubt that Tom, you know, Thomas is where he's at because of those opportunities he's had to scrap with Bruner and, and, and be pushed. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, 
There is still a missing persons report out for Thomas Panola's neck. I'm not sure where it went, <laughs> but it, it, it's no longer it's no longer there. Um, some great wins over some good guys. Ended up finishing fourth at the U23 division at uh, at 92 kilos, as as Coach said. Um, another guy, you know. Well, let's move right to his training partner, um, our top finisher on the weekend, uh, Max Lyon, went out and finished second at um, 86 kilos. And uh, I mean, his only loss was to the outstanding wrestler of, of the U23s, uh, Taylor Lujan of Northern, you know, formerly of Northern Iowa. The guy's a graduate. Um, he was the yep. number one seed last year at 184. So mm. uh, it is not as though he went out and lost to somebody who uh, was not good. But um, really an impressive weekend for Max. Yeah, and, and another guy who is taking some different things from training to competition. You know, he had the little pick. A yeah, couple of times, you know, pick. the ankle pick, right? He's He's been working hard on that. So it was nice to see him have the confidence to take that forth. I know that, you know, he feels really good about kind of some hand fighting and, and different attacks that, that he was able to take into competition. You know, disappointed in that, you know, if you watch the match in the finals, how we lost in the trap arm, you know, uh, we we let Lujan kind of get in the leg in and then hip over to to the trap arm and end the match. And so, so from that standpoint, you know, we, we got snookered. Uh, and we got to go back to work on that parterre. But with the college season staring us in the face here coming up as well, you know, that'll, that'll probably have to wait till next spring. But I know, you know, Max isn't happy about how it ended, but he, he competed really well. You know, he got out there. Like I said, he, he took some things from the practice room uh, that, that you're looking for, right? When you have an extended time off, that's why I'm kind of harping on this, if you're noticing the theme. But, but you're just seeing some things that will help him down the road because now – He's gaining confidence and executing uh, in different ways. But, Ned, great weekend for him. Um, you know, you talked about – and this, you've talked about this with both Max and Tom and the fact that, uh, you know, talked about new techniques and new, new attacks that they've been working on. Um, from year to year, how much – you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm sure this answer is going to be a little different for everybody, but, like, from year to year, how much emphasis is placed on – adding things to the repertoire and, and, and developing new techniques and new scoring holds. Yeah. I, I think that you always have to be adding to kind of your skill set. Now uh, you have to be, in my opinion, this is my, my humble opinion here. You can't add or should be careful about adding like 10 or 12 new skills, right? Like, you know, the, the phrase, you know, a jack of all trades, master of none really mm -hmm. applies in, in my opinion. And so it's not like we try to add 10 skill sets every year but man, it's, it's refining and adding those little things, those little wrinkles to what you already do really well, whether it's a, you know, a different couple of setups to get to that leg attack you have, or even just adding another attack maybe to the other side of the body or whatever it may be. So yes, I think you've got to continually want to evolve and, and work on that. Um, you know, and and I, you love guys who love to kind of play with stuff. You know, those guys get me excited. They're not, not afraid to come in and just play with different things and, and learn. Um, but you just got to be careful that you're, you're ready and you're confident before you take it out to the, you know, in front of the people. Absolutely. Uh, our final place winner at U23, um, you know, it's funny, these guys all live together. You know, you're sensitive. Yeah, I know. But, it's the uh, same Parker, house. It is the same house. Parker Phileas went out and got um, fifth place at 65 kilos. Um, took the long road. Took the long road. Uh, oh. Lost in his first match and had to fight all the way back into the placing rounds, and uh, and actually ended up avenging his uh, his first round loss. So yep. um, 
pretty uh, a, a solid show of mental fortitude for for Parker in addition to whatever you know he did on the mat. Yeah, um, you know, nice to see. He, listen, he's a warrior. You know, everything we said about Tom uh, Thomas, just just carry that across the board to that house, right? Everybody who lives in that house is is the same way. They've all got that discipline and that mindset, and they do a lot of these things right, and they should all be very confident what they do. So I just want to, you know, let me rubber stamp that for, you know, ditto for all of those guys. Um, you know, the thing with, with Parker, he's very familiar with this guy. Um, and, and I think, you know, he got into that 2-2 match. He was up 2-0 and, and just kind of sat on it too much. You know, wanted 2-0 wanted to hold up. And in freestyle, for anybody who's not familiar, um, last score, even if you're tied, wins, you know, all, all else being equal. And so you're, you're not, you can't really say I'm ahead. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. um, you've got to, you've got to kind of try to really still build your lead deeper into that match, you know? And so was, was disappointed that, that he didn't really try to go out and turn it into more of a slug fest with more points, because I think that favors him. And he was able to do that. If you go back and watch the second match and, and even the number of points that were scored, mm -hmm. you know, that, that turned in his favor. You know, and it got really lopsided, you know, from a score point in his favor. And so I think hopefully he's trusting that, hey, you know, one takedown is not going to beat you. You know, sometimes we get in these matches and we're trying to just win. And that goes against everything we talk about. You know, yes, we're going to we're going to try to win. But, man, it's, you know, that happens as a product of just being engaged for the six minutes. And when you shut down and you still have several minutes to wrestle, that's not that's not being engaged so so I, I was proud to see him really respond the way he did come back through the bracket strong you knew he would um you know he gets better the deeper in the tournament goes and so i think he got a lot out of that and hopefully it showed him again the difference of when he gets in that kind of just a slowed down tactical match as well as when i open up and i force people to wrestle harder um, that favors me and then he can pull confidence from that so uh yeah it was like I said, proud of him for placing and being a warrior, um, but uh, you know, hopefully he'll he'll understand why things went the way they did and how we can flip it. Uh, the other thing I will mention, though, um, because I know we're talking about placers in that division, uh, people who followed the bracket, uh, Parker actually uh, knocked out Alec White. Uh, yeah. I thought, you know, so uh, you know, draw. A, right. Like that's always, a shame. It's always the worst, man. You know, guys who know each other well. And if you watch that match, I mean, Alec was right there uh, to win. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a tricky call even, right. That goes one way or the other and they're teammates. So they know each other really well. Yeah. But I did think Alec represented himself. Well, he, you know, he was out after Midlands last year and didn't get a wrestle. So he really had an extended layoff. Yeah. So, you know, props to him for coming out and, and really, like I said, he represented himself. Well, certainly, you know, obviously things to work on for all these guys, but uh, you know, excited for, for Alex's return and, and how he looked, it was just a shame. It had to come down to your teammate, you know, knocking you out of the, you know, out of the tournament in, in that kind of way. Nothing like a nine-hour van trip to go wrestle a guy oh. that you wrestle every day in the practice. <laughs> every day in the room. Yeah. Right. And that's always yeah. a good thing. Makes you feel yeah. good all around. Um, you know, you talk we, – we, we didn't talk about this a lot. Um, U23 and juniors, for people who don't know, uh, you know, they do the international weights in, in, in kilos. Um, there was a weight allowance. And it was day before weigh-ins. The guys all weighed in on Friday – Yep. Um, to wrestle Saturday and Sunday. So some guys, by the time, you know, Sunday afternoon rolled around, were uh, well out of their, uh, out of their class. Some big dudes. Um, 
how did uh, how did our guys kind of like from a weight standpoint, like how did they prepare across the board to, you know, choose their weight and then and then wrestle at it as far as that is concerned? Well, I think it's it's kind of it's I, again I go it's different for everybody. I'm not gonna just gonna give you a hard and fast rule. Sure. Um, you know, on things. Most guys had their weight very close to where they needed to be. They were disciplined and they did a good job. You know, you look at Thomas, he could have maybe been up at, you know, a, a weight up, you know, a little bigger weight, but his weight was really good. 92 kilos seemed to fit him really well. So that's where he went. Um, you know, Max, you know, that's not as much of a cut. Cause remember that as, as you may have mentioned, they got two kilo, which is 4.4 pounds from the weight. So again, you had a little bit of, you know, um, weight given to you. So those guys, you know, Parker, Max, Panola, I mean, really most guys um, did not have to cut a ton of weight. If anything, there was probably a couple guys that we could have brought down a weight under, but here's where I balance things out too. Um, you know, I'll use a kid like Garrett Nyenhouse. You know, um, you know, he could have, you know, with the four, especially with the four kilo or the two kilos, gone down a weight class, okay, and been right there as well. But you know, when you have you've got school going on right now, and you've got all these other things with what the challenges that 2020 can present. You know, there's decisions that we make that I say, hey. You know, this is the best decision for these next couple of weeks, you know what I mean, based on, you know, your training situation, school, what's going on. You know, there's just a lot of things to consider, and that's how we kind of balance that out with the kids, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it was interesting because you saw some other guys at some other weights and some other, you know, there, there were a few guys sprinkled in here and there, maybe a post-grad or something that, uh, that cut a bunch of weight. And were and ended up being huge. Well, by the end of if the you look at uh, Max Lyon beat uh, Caffey, right? Um, yep. and, and Max and Cam are, are, you know, they know each other well from, um, you know, Big Ten, Michigan State guy. For those that maybe don't know, but sure. um, he was Big Ten finalist last year, 184. Him and Max had split matches in the past. Uh, right now, he's ranked at 197 pounds. Mm -hmm. He's he obviously down a weight because of the day before weigh-in. So, you know, is he going to be up? You know looks that way I guess we'll see but that's you see some of that when you get that that day before weigh-in in a two kilo allowance sure. you see some guys moving up and down and around so um it's not necessarily who you're going to see wrestling I don't know if you're going to see Kathy and and Max wrestling each other this season or not but regardless you know a guy who's ranked you know top top eight I think in the country at the weight uh big 10 finalists you know just you know a, a good opponent so that that's sure. a, a, a nice win for Max yeah, no, I saw the same thing with, uh, you know, former Minnesota Golden Gopher Mitch McKee wrestled at 61 kilo when he spent last year at 141 and probably would have been a more natural fit at 65 with Parker. Um, you know, he cut the weight and got down to, you know, because Parker had even joked with me about, you know, with the, with the weight allowance, he's like, I, I could go 61 day before weigh-in, you know, yeah, you know, he kind of like, he, he was a little tongue in cheek and hemmed and haw about it. And so um, I thought it was interesting just to see who decided to wrestle at what weights. And, and it was more, you know, more about competing and, and feeling good than it was about, you know, where can I gain the biggest competitive advantage? Well, and that doesn't always equal out competitive advantage either, right? Sure. I mean, for some kids it does. Don't don't get me wrong. There's and this is where the the individual discussions with each young man is key because some guys it's about finding the best weight class for them and understanding you know how where they're going to do their best wrestling. Occasionally, though, if you cut a guy down hard, 
uh, you know, you take, you take the fight out of them as much, you know, like on a one hour way and say on a, for a dual meet against really high level, you might lose the best part of the kid. You know, the, the best part of that kid is he's going to wrestle hard with pace. And if he cuts really hard, you lose some of that. Okay. But you might lose the best part of the kid. So it, but some guys also, like I said, this is where I leave it open. Some guys, they know that, you know, they want to be big for the weight and that's their best weight in their competition for their style and how they compete and wrestle. So it really does kind of come down to evaluating each kid and, and, and how they handle the cut and then how they'll consequently perform. Yeah. Uh, you brought up Garrett Ninehouse. Let's swing his way. Uh, seventh place, 79 kilos down in the junior division. Uh, wrestled pretty well. Uh, you know, ha had some had some tough opponents. It was a tough bracket. Uh, the juniors division, for those that don't know, is 20 and under. And so it represents a kind of an interesting situation where you'll have some guys who have spent a year, a year or even two years in college um, already and, and have been in that that college environment and that college weight room. Um, and then, you know, you even had a whole bunch of high school kids. You know, with Garrett kind of, you know, obviously landing in the middle, you know, he's, he's had the summer and, and this fall to train in a college room, but has no, no college experience yet. And so yep. uh, it was, uh, the, those juniors divisions across the board were interesting in that way with that mix of, that mix of college and, and high school standouts. No doubt. Um, some, some good depth there in terms of talent, right? I mean, yeah. you, know, you don't know what these guys are going to be in college yet, but in terms of talent, some really good depth in those brackets. Uh, I thought, you know, Garrett should take a lot from this tournament, you know, both in what to do and what not to do, you know, like any, any uh, young man, you know, you're, you're learning how you have to do things day to day. And as you make a jump up in, in levels, what, what winning looks like, you know, in terms of position, in terms of pace, you know, different things like that. So uh, I think he, you know, it's something he's going to pull a, a lot from, you know, it, he uh, he didn't feel great in his first match. You know, I'm not going to say anything that we haven't discussed about. So, so we go back and we look at the warm up right before he goes out. What was he doing? And, and it turns out that you know he wasn't really getting his legs going, firing up. You know, his heart rate kind of. You know, you get out there and, and you know your heart rate shoots up and your legs feel sluggish. And, and let's say this because I tell him and, and any guy how you feel has very little to do with this. You know, nobody's going to care how you feel, your opponent especially. So we're not going to get in tune, but you've got to kind of get that body going and get your mind going, you know, in the right way. And, and so, you know, I think after the first match where he was sluggish, um, you know, coach shop got with him on some things to do warm up wise right before you go out and looked much better in general. You know what I mean? As far as pace and competing and, and those things. And I know he probably felt better too, even like, even though I said like, you know, that, that doesn't really matter. So, um, you know, it's a learning process for those, those young guys. Okay, Trey Cruz, Hayden Lowry were in those brackets as well. And so, you know, Garrett obviously uh, placing nice, good honor for him. Um, you hope he really learned, though, from that experience about what has to be done, you know, adjustments within a match that have to be made. You know, there's, there's just always stuff, you know, you can scout opponents, but man, when you go out and wrestle and it starts, the first starts flying, you got to make those adjustments. Now, I, I can't call timeout and we can't draw the play up on the board, right? We're not going to do, you got to, you got to adjust quickly. And so, um, you know, understanding those things as well as, like I said, preparation as far as right up till the moment you go out, what needs to happen to have your mind ready and your body was, was key for those guys. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm very hopeful that they'll have learned a ton that they can take forward. That's going to help them in their college career as well as future 
you know, national championship events. Uh, with a kid like Garrett, who, you know, hasn't, hasn't uh, competed collegiately yet, you know, his first, uh, his first outing as a Boilermaker being in freestyle, how much did you see from him that you think will directly translate to, uh, to this season potentially? Oh, I mean, I think you would hope that you see a lot of it. I mean, in terms of just competing, you want to, to translate, you know what I mean? Like just, Hey, the biggest thing is to compete and to compete hard. That's the thing you've got to learn because these guys, and, and listen, I, I talked to, uh, you know, our, one of our signees, Ben Venadia just last night about his turn. He was out there, you know, he's, he's still in high school and he's out there competing and, you know, and so I'll tell, I'll kind of use his story as well. And it, but it applies to, to Garrett and all these young guys. Um, he went out and he said, Hey, uh, you know, I just, I felt like I had some good opportunities to, to score and my stuff would work, but sustaining that is what, you know, I got caught on my heels a little bit. You know, I've got to get used to that pace and that position, you know, where, you know, I'm progressing and I'm getting pushed in that way. So he's trying to find situations within his high school rooms now and the way he's training to, to make that next jump because he, he's like, oh, I felt it now. I know what it feels like. And, and clearly I've got to kind of, I've got to kind of raise my level in terms of my pace and my intensity in some of those situations. And it's the same for all of those young guys, you know, uh, but it's, it's, it's different for each kid, right? Like Garrett has uh, you know, great, great leg attacker, good scrambler, you know, good on top folk style wise with, you know, different things can turn and pin, but you know, hand fighting where a push out is, is a big, you know, objective you know, he's got to work on some of those things, you know, not that we're going to just make him a hand fighter, but Hey, like Jordan Burroughs, you got to understand how to control the mat, how not to get pushed out, yeah. you know, you know, how not to give up easy points. And, and those are things that all of these young guys have to learn because guys who have been in a college room for extended periods of time, understand more about position and, and kind of pace, you know, when the pressure needs to be on people. So, um, you know, those guys will learn it. You know, but you hope that's the adjustment they bring forward is understanding, okay, what the situations call for. It'll make for an interesting year. Uh, for those that don't know, the NCAA approved that eligibility extension uh, due to COVID and, and whatnot. So, uh, and, and this is for all teams in the country, you know, all bets are off on who you might see in the lineup this year uh, from, from school to school. You know, people, uh, you know, kids are not going to be on the hook for their eligibility for this season. So, you know, Kids like Garrett, Garrett Ninehouse and other freshmen, you know, that we, that we, true freshmen that we saw at this tournament, uh, they could find themselves right into the lineup this year. And so it's, uh, it's an interesting situation to, to get to see some guys like Garrett out in Omaha compete this past weekend and then look at the potential that they might find, they may find their way into a lineup this, this, uh, you know, winter or spring. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's a free roll of the dice, although you don't want to look at it that way. Right. I mean, I, I caution against that. I think that's an easy attitude to take, but you don't want to do that because if you, and I mean it from this standpoint, um, if you start to devalue things because you think it's a free shot, you know what I mean? Things slide inevitably, right? Like you get lax on things because you're just like, ah, you know, it's a free shot. It doesn't really matter. No, this, this all matters. You know what I mean? Like this all matters. This day-to-day -day what we do matters. How we prepare, how we think, uh, you know, how we eat, how, you know, it all matters and it's all building for the future. It just depends. Are you disciplined enough to, to do it? And so, you know, when we talk about, I know that's not exactly what you meant, 
Correct. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, where, I mean. <laughs> it's where my head, it's where my head goes. You know, it's, you can lose your room really quick. If you, if you get slack on it, you start letting things that normally wouldn't happen. Cause ah, it's not as big, a, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be in trouble, you know, with both their development, you know, you know, as, as individuals, as well as maybe your team. So, so it all still matters. And sure. so, like I said, even though I know that was not your point. No, that was not I, my point at all. I want to make it abundantly clear. Like it's, it, you know, it's, I was actually more, I was actually, I was actually more looking at it from an opportunity standpoint of, you know, these kids, so many kids come in and, and redshirt their freshman year because they're not ready. Um, And uh, just the opportunity from a coaching standpoint of being able to see what guys have right out of the gates. And from a student Mm -hmm. athlete standpoint of these kids, you know, you don't have to worry. I mean, you don't have to worry about it. Go out there and, Go out there and see what you can do. Go out there and and uh, and throw caution to the wind and, and put it on the line and say, you know, I, I'm ready, coach. I'm ready to I'm ready to step up and, and be the guy at this level. So I think it's going to be, you know, and not just in our room. I think nationwide, looking at who may find their way onto the mat this year could be could be really interesting. No, I, no, absolutely. That that part of it is true. Like these kids get an opportunity to compete maybe sooner than they would have ever, uh, and then you got to value it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you got to value it. It's got to be important, you know, and you got to be excited about those opportunities. So that that's, yeah, that is what I hope you know these young men will look at it like you know if should they be in there, you know what I mean? Where maybe they were thinking red shirt coming in, and now like you said, it's it's just kind of a free year in that in those terms you've got to still embrace it. You got to get ready, you know, and say, Hey, I'm still in there to get everything out of this year that I can. Not that it's, Oh, it's a, it's a, just a trial run and it doesn't matter. hundred percent. Well, and, and like, like you said, every team's going to approach it differently. I mean, even, even more micro than that, I think it's going to be a different approach for every guy because the, the redshirt development year is a thing because some guys just really need that physical development. You know, they need that year in the college weight room. They need that year with college nutrition. They need that kind of thing. And you don't want to take somebody who's almost ready and throw them to the wolves and, and, you know, maybe break them in a way that they can't be fixed quickly in that, uh, in that first year. Yep. No, I I absolutely agree with that. Everybody is different. You know what I mean? And, and you've got to handle them as individuals. You know, you just, you want to try to be fair about it. Right. Like, right. That's kind of always my mantra is, you know, we're not going to treat everybody the same work because everybody's different individuals, their needs, how they compete, what's going on. But we will uh, we'll try to treat you fair and, and, you know, get you going down the path that's going to serve you best. Yes. Um, not the only wrestling that went on this weekend. Uh, we had another showcase and, and you, you brought him up earlier. And so uh, Jordan Burroughs went out and competed in another flow wrestling showcase and uh, showed, showed everybody why he's still the king. <laughs> yeah. Um, impressive uh, to, to be down early big, like he, he, he was, you know, which even surprised me a little bit. Like, you know, JB has been down before, but, but Zahid looked very strong early. You know what I mean? I mean, still very athletic. The duck that he kind of hit, Ooh, that duck you know, nasty. Right. He disappeared quick, you know, for a big man who can still move like that. And then JB uh, hit his double, had a good look at his double a couple times and just kind of ran into the hips and got stymied or, you know, and stopped. Um, you you kind of, you're like, wow, you know, Zahid's here, you know, he's not, he's not backing down. But then as, you know, it often happens that pace that JB has learned to establish, right. Forcing guys to react 
to everything uh, started to take over and probably around the four minute mark, you know, I would guess if you, you know, go back and watch it really close is when the tide was really starting to turn in that match heavily in terms, you know, of Jordan's favor. So, you know, the guy's still really fun to watch. I texted JB after the match and said, hey, you are really still fun to watch. You know, congrats. And, and at the same time, you look at a young guy like Zahid and, uh, you know, he'll, again, he should take a lot from this if he's willing to sacrifice and now and up what those last two minutes or so are going to look like. He found out this is what pace and really wrestling and defending hard looks like. And I've got to kind of, you know, add to the number of minutes that he can do that because clearly he's got the skill set and, and came ready to compete. You know, I, I wouldn't say anything negative about how the last two minutes even went with Zahid. He competed hard. Um, he's just learning maybe what, what it's going to take to beat somebody like that and the kind of pressure that, that is involved in those, those six minutes. How much, uh, you know, you, you said the four-minute mark is when the tie started to turn. How much of that do you think was JB's pace and how much was veteran savvy? Well, it, it, it's both, but it, it's pay, that pace and, and, and using, you know, his quickness and what happened in the first three to four minutes to set up the last couple, right? So I think it, it all goes together. I mean, JB being savvy doesn't work if he's not in shape. If he's not in tremendous shape, he cannot continue to keep that, you know, they – they go hand in hand. So I really look at it like it's, it's twofold, um, you know, because how often do you see, and, and this probably even has happened to JB, you know, I, I guess I don't want to speak for him too much, but you know, there's probably matches he's lost where, you know, he, yeah, he's savvy and he was a better wrestler than where, when he was, when he was young and he won, but maybe he didn't carry the pace in the match like he should have, you know what I mean? Maybe he didn't do that. And so he's like, I have to carry pace. So I, I think they both go hand in hand. You can be savvy all you want, but if you don't have the the shape to carry out the game plan, you know, it's it's not going to work either. I think it's so Corey, interesting at, at this level you get a guy like that. Can't just pick one, Corey? Can't What's he that? Pick, can't he just pick one? Why does the answer always have to be no? <laughs> I know. I know. It, it, I, very I'm indecisive. For, That's, I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I, I just, you know. <laughs> That's the book on, on Coach Erslin. He's very indecisive. I, I, he has <laughs> trouble having a take. Make a decision, man. Listen, dude, the mantra in the room is wrestle hard, wrestle smart, okay, which is, equates to be savvy and be in shape, okay? So I am not deviating off of my, my philosophical beliefs your at principle. this point in time. Okay, he fine. Wants, he wants all things at all times. Yes. Corey, I, yes. I, again, Corey, I apologize for interrupting you, but I oh, <laughs> You take a guy like like JB, and you know, obviously, he's had the ultimate success at the highest levels. Um, so he knows how to win. We we all get that. That's that's the dumbest thing I've said all day. But he also he's also had. Uh, there's lots of time left, bro. I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's also had failure at the highest levels, and you know, in a very public settings. And like you said, Tony, you know to be able to learn from that, you learn from the, the wins, of course, but to be able to learn, okay, what did I, what's my takeaway from this loss? How can I use this to make me better next time? How can I make sure this doesn't happen again? What do I need at this level that maybe I didn't need at college to still win a couple of national championships? Like that, is that really the, the difference at that level is be able, be, being able to just, you know, glean whatever little, 
ounce yep. of, of, of new information you can, no matter what the result. Yeah, no, I, and I think you're right, when, especially when you say ounces even, right? Because it, it, it comes down to those marginal or incremental things that make the difference as you move up in levels, right? Mm -hmm. One mistake can cost you big. Max Lyon, you know, made a couple, but you get caught in a trap arm gut and, you know, the match is over and you're wondering, oh, man, I didn't even get a chance to really get going. You know, yeah, I didn't get a chance to, to wrestle your – so those things get magnified, and, and I think um, – you know, uh, credit to JB's character. He's learned from those, right? As you said, he's had heartbreak on the biggest stage, mm -hmm. but he's, he's got that character to kind of stand up and come back and, and fix it. You know what I mean? It, it's not defined him. So, you know, that, that's what you want in all of your kids. You don't want it to, you know, a loss to just define you. I think we've said this before, so I'm going to repeat it again, but I, I know it's worth saying for the kids is, you want guys to evaluate themselves just on the performance and the win and the loss doesn't always take care of that. The heartache from a loss will probably drive you quicker to fix something, right? Yeah. And some, it takes the sting in your butt to, to, to get off your butt sometimes to fix maybe a bad habit or the diet or whatever it is that is that little thing that's holding you back. Um, then, then, Hey, if I, if I won, cause you can always fall back and say, well, I won. So that eases the pain of you still look terrible. Yeah. Okay. You didn't move your feet or you didn't wrestle in this position. And what you're striving for is that these people can evaluate themselves and no matter what happens, you still have the will and, and you know, the smarts to go fix it. You know, that, that's what my hope is. You know, you don't come back from this weekend. We didn't have anybody win a championship, mm -hmm. right? Some guys wrestled, wrestled well, but Hey, we got stuff to fix and you want to have that, that kind of mentality, I guess. I think the other thing we were talking before we started recording, which is when we have our, our most fun conversations, I think, yeah. sometimes. Um, the other thing that I think is fascinating is, is when you watch this, you don't just, you know, you're not watching this as a fan, these, these showcase events. You're watching this as a coach, and you're gleaning whatever you can take from this to bring it to the room on Monday. Uh, what, what were the a couple takeaways that you had that, you know, from, from watching – that yeah that competition yeah no um what you take you watch what pressure what pace you know what i mean does to people really good people you know what nobody's immune zahid is, is a tremendous wrestler he's probably yes. going to do tremendous things right in the future uh you know to me i'm, a, I'm more convinced of that after watching him compete against jb yeah but so what you end up taking away is okay um what that pace and that position and that persistence in the match does to good people, which we're trying to win national titles. It's going to take that kind of pace, that kind of persistence, that kind of position. So you're really watching what that does and you're, you're pulling examples and showing your kids, but then more than that, even you're, you're thinking about ways to create those situations in your room. Everybody doesn't have JB in their room. Right. Um, and so now, okay, how do we create situations though to mirror pace and and what the position that's going to be required and then you institute it in in your 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 wrestling or your situations that you are you rotating guys on to keep the pace high are you you know giving them things to do to certain uh you know kids to give them looks that is going to be needed right it's, that, then it's going into the room so you're always watching or at least you know i am i'm sure everybody is you know that wants to be, you know, worth a, a dang, I guess. You're watching how can I institute these things and create these situations that will push our kids to be, you know, uh, rise to that level. Yeah. Um, 
lots of good wrestling this weekend, man. It was fun to watch. It was fun to watch all the matches out at U23s in Omaha, and then it was fun to be able to tune in on on Saturday night and, and watch some of those guys. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Oh, man, oh. Two, two big ones. Man, I hate doing that in the middle of the show. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's uh, you know, we're getting closer to the college season. We're hoping to get some more news soon there. And uh, we're hoping to be able to keep this keep this all going and, and get to see more more of the boiler mac boilermakers on the mat. There, I can do, I know I can say it um, here in the the reasonably near future. Yeah. Um, you know, Corey talked. Corey alluded to talking about some things before we got on the show. Uh, Corey and, and and Tony and I often like to talk about um, our TV programming. <laughs> and what's what's next on the queue um anything uh anything good you, you've had lately coach no well the only thing i expressed to you is i watched that movie the the gentleman uh on on you know whatever channel you guys told me it was on maybe it was Showtime. i don't know what it was on i don't i don't recall either and i couldn't we tell you figure it out I, I was not a good friend i couldn't even direct you in the right direction <laughs> but uh no, I, I, you know, those are some things I, I enjoyed. You know, I know uh, Corey had been watching Sons of Anarchy again. I'd yeah. seen that one time through. That's something I'd definitely go back and watch, you know, twice. Uh, even though you know, there's a lot of personal, you know, heartache, you watch that, you come, you, you come out a little beat up yourself. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, I'll tell you, there, there's just less time for that right now. Um, you know, we're on virtual school for a couple weeks, and I'm going to get off this call and, I'm going to go start learning how to uh, subtract uh, decimals down to the thousands place, you know, with, <laughs> with 10 year olds. So uh, I may not, I may not get to a new TV show in the next week or two leading into uh, Thanksgiving break boys. It's a funny misgiving right now. And the fact that they, you know, with, with COVID and e-learning and people at home, when I like, Oh, you know, you have more time at, at home and more time to do stuff. And it, sometimes it actually really feels like the opposite. You feel yeah. like you have less time uh, because there's, there's, these different wrinkles and stuff going on that, uh, that are, that are happening, you know, with, with kids getting sent home from school and, and so on and so forth. Uh, the gentleman's on my list of things to watch. I'm a big guy, Richie fan. It's uh, classic guy, Richie, no doubt. Yeah. I like lock stock is a good one. Snatch mm -hmm. is a good one. Uh, a less known one. Rock and Rolla is one that I always really enjoyed. Oh yeah. Gerard Butler, Idris Elba. Um, <clears throat> Tom Hardy has a small role. Tom Hardy. Oh, really? Tom Hardy's in everything. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Tom Hardy's great. <clears throat> there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, you know, that's the thing about his movies is that they, he casts them with just tons of really good people. Mm -hmm. He gets mm -hmm. everybody to come in and the way he weaves all those stories together and, and, uh, and brings it all together at the end is, is always incredibly entertaining to me. So um, that's that. That one's on my list. Of, that one's on my list of ones to watch. I'm well, I'm needing a new show, so uh, we'll we'll crowdsource that. Any any suggestions you might have, throw them in the comments, or we'll take them. Send send us send us a message. Uh, before we go, I did want to wrap up, uh, put a little bow on last week's show uh, to an extent. Uh, got some uh, some. Some great news from from our friends over at the over at the Open Mat. Uh, they did a, a cool thing for the first time, I guess, where they they ranked social media efforts uh, for signing day for for 2020. And um, your Boilermakers come out on top. There's a great little great little uh, write up over at the Open Mat. It, it's it's uh, it's not behind a paywall. So 
feel free to go check that out. Free read. Very, very yes. cool. Some, some, um, I know Tanner, very good at, uh, passing the buck. Of course it starts with having a great class, Tony, but, uh, uh I told him yesterday. this, this guy, uh, this guy with no hair and the goatee did, did most of the heavy lifting on uh, these social efforts and, uh, major, major kudos to, to him. Yes. Well, no, and props to both of you, right? Obviously. Yes. Uh, Tanner did a tremendous job starting with, with all of the different things, you know, as well as everyone in graphics moving on up through there's, there's, yeah. there's a lot of people involved. It does take a village, but I know you two in particular have put in a lot of time with what we did with the podcast and having the kids on. And so I am I'm grateful to be surrounded by uh, tremendous people who do love the sport and are willing to sacrifice, as we said, time, which is even more precious than ever. I, I do appreciate your guys' efforts, as well as everybody here in Purdue Athletics to, to help make that a, a special day for these kids, you know, who, uh, you know, are getting ready for the next next level. Right. Yeah, I, our guy, our guy Earl Smith um, over at Open Mat, we, you know, we appreciate his coverage of the sport and his attention to the Boilermakers. Um, he and I were discussing it, and, and signing day is just – and it's not just a day anymore, right? It's a whole period. It's a week. It's a, you know, whatever. Um, it continues to change, but it's such a huge deal to me because it's, it's an opportunity for young men to realize a dream. You know, these kids are, are signing scholarship offers. They are officially becoming part of a college wrestling program, which for a lot of these kids is, I mean, that's the ultimate achievement of the sport. Like I, I know that, you know, we have the Olympics and we have world titles and stuff in freestyle, but um, you know, that, you know, it's not like other sports where, you know, you have a professional league to go to after, you know, that's the penultimate for those kids. You know, they, they get to go on and, and be in the NFL or the NBA or whatnot. Um, for a lot of people who compete in wrestling, the biggest stage is the NCAA division one scene. And even then, you know, the big 10 is the mm -hmm. ultimate, yep. That is, that is their NFL. That is their NBA. That is their Major League Baseball. And so getting to see those kids put pen to paper and make it official, you know, they've worked their whole lives to get to this point. Um, I feel obligated to celebrate that at the highest level. Definitely. And so, yep. you know, whatever we can do, and we're always looking, <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> we're always looking for new and exciting ways to do it every year um, to, to showcase these. And it's not just in wrestling, like we're talking about all sports, you know, cause it's it, the, the, the day and the week, it, it extends across multiple platforms, but like getting to show the world that these kids have achieved their dream and that they have chosen to continue their future at Purdue is such an exciting thing to me. Um, like I said, I, I feel as though I feel obligated to to celebrate them at such a high level, and so um, I appreciate the the kind words from Earl and from from you guys as far as you know how we did it, and uh, I think you know it makes me really happy to know that other people think that we're celebrating this at the level that it should be. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. So, hats off to to Ben and Stony and and Dustin again. Uh, they made it a really easy signing day. They, they, they made my job easy because they've done, they've done so many great things and, and they're such good kids that they made it really easy to, to celebrate them at that level. A lot of, a lot of good stuff this week. Guys, we're going to leave it there if that's, uh, if that's cool with y'all.
beautiful beautiful we're gonna we're gonna circle back short week next week with thanksgiving we, we'll see if we can get a maybe a short uh, show together for you for for if you plan to, to do any traveling to, to listen to on the on the way to grandma's house so there you um, go <laughs> that that's gonna that's gonna wrap it for this week for for tanner and tony i'm Corey. thanks for joining us as always boiler up